Welcome everyone to this meeting of the City of Sacramento's Compensation Commission, which uh, is an independent commission that was uh, created by Section 29 of the City of Sacramento Code, uh, approved by voters to establish the compensation uh, for the mayor, other members of the city council, and public members of city boards and commissions. Um, this meeting is uh, called to order, and uh, sitting to my right is um, Assistant Clerk uh, Wendy Clark Johnson. Would you uh, please uh, take the roll, see if we have a quorum. Um, Commissioner um, Laflam advised that not only would she be not here tonight, but she's unable to serve, so we're accepting her resignation. Um, Commissioner Finch? Here. Commissioner Kawada? Here. Commissioner Fink? Here. Chair Scotland? Here. We have a quorum. If you are here tonight and have a device with you, if you would turn that to silent or off at this time, and this meeting is being live streamed and will be moved into our archive and maintained on the web going into the future. I see no members of the public here um, this evening. I think it would be helpful to those in the audience, although they're not public, members of the public, but uh, for those who are watching the streaming of the uh, video, um, if the commission members introduce uh, themselves and give a very brief, uh, a few sentence uh, summary of the members' background. So uh, let me start uh, on my left, the audience's right. Start, please. Finch, I served on several commissions. Uh, the first one I served on was Ann Lander and um, Bertha Hersher. The second one was Disability. Uh, commission, which I served when my husband passed away. Uh, I've been in Sacramento for 40 years. I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. You work for uh, the... Uh, I work ADB? for the Department of uh, uh, Justice, and I'm retired now. Ah, okay. Congratulations. Congratulations. Great. Oh, my birthday is February 22nd. I'll be 62. Hey, just a, <laughs> just a kid. <laughs> Sure. Uh, my name is David Kawada, and I've been on the Compensation Commission since tw uh, 2010. Um, I'm a, a resident of North Natomas, which is in District 1, where I'm also a member of the uh, Citizens Bond Oversight Committee for the Natomas Unified School District. Um, I think one of the reasons why I was chosen to be on this commission is my uh, 15 years of experience as an internal auditor with the state of California. And um, I'm looking forward to working with our new chair and the new members yes. of the Compensation Commission. Yes. Tiffany? My name is Tiffany Fink, and I'm the Chief Executive Officer at Paratransit Inc. It's a local public agency that does all the senior disabled service and the county as well as all the mobility management in the SACOG region. As the CEO, I have a staff of 250 in three states, so oversee all the comp and class issues there. Um, in addition, uh, we have an annual budget of about $28 million, so we're responsible for all of the transportation around here, um, very involved with compensation and classification and city involvement while not on commissions. I'm a regular attendee at a lot of city functions, so. And uh, I am Arthur Scotland, uh, Art, or to my close friend, Scotty. I was uh, born and raised in Sacramento and have uh, spent 66 of my 72 years uh, here, uh, except for six years in the uh, mid-60s and early 70s when I left to go to college and then worked in Los Angeles for a couple of years. 
Um, I am a uh, retired judge, uh, having served on the Sacramento Superior Court and uh, presiding justice of the California Court of Appeal for the Third Appellate District here in Sacramento. And I serve as chair simply because uh, that uh, the code section requires that the chair be a retired judge, and I guess I'm the only one that applied, so I, uh, I, I got the job. <laughs> so um, uh, before we uh, address, uh, call the first agenda item, I would like to just briefly explain uh, how uh, we will address each um, agenda item, and I'll begin by noting that uh, the members of the commission, as well as the general public, were provided with this uh, agenda package on February 7th, 2019. And uh, after uh, the, uh, our lovely clerk here uh, calls an item, uh, the presenter will go first uh, so that the commission and the members of the public can uh, hear exactly what is before the commission. Following uh, the presenter and before the commission uh, deliberates and asks questions of the presenter or staff, members of the public who submitted requests to uh, comment on the agenda items will be given an opportunity to do so. It's my understanding at this point uh, no member of the public has requested a comment. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. And then uh, if, if a member of the public does come in as we're going along and, and wishes to comment, then after uh, the public comment, uh, the commission will then discuss the item ask questions to the presenters, staff, uh, and uh, then decide what action to take. So, um, uh, Wendy, would you please um, call the first item? First item is the consent calendar. There's only one item, and that is the approval of the minutes from the last meeting, which was September 18, 2017. And there's no presenter on this item. Um, and at this point, no member of the public is asked to comment on it. Um, before uh, seeking a motion, I will note that uh, only one member of this commission, David, was uh, present at the uh, meeting on September 18th, 2017. Uh, so he can attest to whether the minutes are accurate. Um, I have watched the video of the meeting, and I too can uh, attest to the accuracy of the minutes, and I believe other commission members also may have uh, watched the video. So uh, I think we're in uh, good uh, position to uh, decide this. Uh, is there a motion to approve the mission minutes? I'll make a motion to approve the minutes. Second? second. All right. It's been moved and seconded. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Anyone opposed or abstain? All right. Uh, the motion carries. The minutes are approved. Okay. Our next item, item two, is a selection of commission for um, the vice chair of 2019. We do appoint a vice chair for a year-long period, um, different from other commissions. As our charity pointed out, we only have a vice chair um, that we will be selecting from the body as the charter does specify who the chair will be. And this is your time then to discuss amongst yourselves, make a motion, and we'll proceed from there. All right, thank you. And again, um, no member of the public has asked to comment on this. So um, I, I understand that uh, at least one member of this commission uh, may have expressed an interest in being vice chair. Um, any thoughts in that regard? I just uh, would say that I have expressed interest to both the chair and to the clerk's office that I would be interested in vice chair. Any other member of the uh, commission interested in being serving as vice chair? I think that probably makes this uh, this agenda item fairly uh, fairly easy. 
uh, would a member other than Ms. Fink uh, make a motion to select Tiffany Fink as the vice chair? I make a motion to Second? Second. Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any member opposed? Abstain? All right. The uh, motion is carried, and uh, Tiffany Fink is the, congratulations, the vice chair of our commission. Item three is the history and scope of the Compensation Commission, and that is Mr. Martinez, our assigned attorney. This is uh, Supervising Deputy City Attorney Gustavo Martinez. If you'd be, present the item, please. Welcome, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Gustavo Martinez. I'm the City Attorney's Office, as the judge said. Um, I'm going to give you just a brief history and scope of the Compensation Commission. Um, it's been in existence for 17 years, so um, it would be a lot to cover um, over that time, so I'll just hit some highlights. Uh, it was um, on November 2nd, 2002, the city voters approved Measure S uh, to amend the city charter and create a five-member commission. Uh, the commissioners meet uh, once a year, and they serve four-year terms. Uh, the chair must be a retired judicial officer, and thank you, Judge Scotland, for volunteering to be our judicial officer that we did not have for at least 10 years. Um, <clears throat> the, commissioner, the commission is allowed to establish its rules of operation. Uh, we just handed you your rules that have been previously um, adopted. Uh, the current rule states that a quorum of three members is three members. Uh, for a motion to be adopted, it takes the concurrence or affirmative vote of at least three members. Uh, for history, in 2002 and 2003, the newly appointed commissioners performed significant work to establish the benchmark cities that you'll be talking about today that had comparable forms of government and population. The work at that time included take, taking testimony from, at the time, current elected officials and former officials that testified before this body. Uh, at that time, eight benchmark cities were established as comparable cities. Uh, from those cities, salary surveys were performed, and the commission established the compensation for the first time for the mayor, council members, and members of the boards and commissions. The benefits were largely aligned with charter officer benefits, fringe benefits like retirement, car allowances, and so forth. Since 2003, the, the commission has reviewed the benchmark cities and evaluated their annual salary surveys for market adjustments to base salary. Since 2003, the Commission has followed five guiding principles that are set forth in the minutes and motions that were previously adopted by this body. One of those guiding principles is the adjustments should be considered annually to avoid a large catch-up adjustment. The second is salary adjustments provided to charter officers, exempt management, and uh, unrepresented employees shall be communicated to Commission members. The fourth is adjustments to compensation shall align with the city's July 1 through July 30 fiscal year. And the fifth, and the fifth uh, guideline is benefits provided to the mayor and council members will be aligned with the benefits provided to the city's charter officers. Some notable actions and interpretations. Uh, when establishing the compensation, does compensation include fringe benefits? And the answer is yes. You are empowered to not only establish the yearly salary for the uh, council members and mayor, but you may also establish the fringe benefits for them. 
When establishing the compensation of the members of boards and com commission, may you create or eliminate the payment of compensation? No. Only the council member, only, excuse me, only the council has the power to determine whether a non-charter created commission or board is paid or not paid. If it is to be paid, you are the sole, your sole duty is to establish the compensation of that board or commission. By aligning the benefits to the charter officers, um, excuse me, by aligning the benefits to, to the charter officers, is there a conflict of interest? In other words, if the council members increase the benefits for charter officers, are they indirectly increasing their own benefits? And the answer is no. Your duty is to set the compensation at a level that is reasonable and consistent with other cities similar in size and structure. You discharge your duty by reviewing the benefits and salaries and determining that they are consistent with comparable cities. Thus, there can be no conflict of interest because you are setting the benefits and not the council. Even if the council were to increase the benefits for charter members or charter officers, you could independently disregard most or all of those increases. Now, the, the, another question that constantly pops up is council members are part-time. Does that mean they should be paid less? And the answer is no. While Measure S did create a full-time mayor and was silent on council members, that does not mean that you should evaluate their compensation through narrow categories or titles of full-time versus part-time. Instead, your obligation is to independently evaluate what council members do and the amount of work and time they devote to their positions. After that, you re after your review, you must arrive at a compensation level that is reasonable and consistent with the salaries of council members in comparable cities in both size and government structure. I'll just point out of significance, the council appointed a charter review committee in 2009, and that charter review committee provided direction to the council. And one of those uh, uh, comments that the review committee provided is that the committee recommends that the charter should explicitly recognize that responsibilities of council members are inescapably full-time, while activities realistically vary. As elected officials serving a local government, the level of government closest to the public, city council members are expected to be knowledgeable and active in a wide array of governmental and public service activities. Council member service requires substantial time to attend community functions, meet with officials of surrounding local agencies, maintain contacts with state and federal elected officials, and be accessible to city staff, concerned residents, and responsible stakeholders in their city hall offices. On any given day, a council member can easily be expected to attend meetings and functions, beginning before breakfast and ending well after the dinner hour. In fact, the time devoted to these activities is the measure many voters use to rate the quality of their own elected officials' surface. So the Sacramento Charter Review Committee, and I'll provide you a copy, um, recommended that if the charter were amended in 2009, that they be uh, identified as full-time council members. So that's the brief history of the scope of the Compensation Commission. If you have any questions, I'm always available to answer them for you.
Well, uh, thank you for the uh, very helpful summary. Um, I do have uh, uh, just a couple of quick questions. First of all, I take it you have that in printed form. Is that correct? Correct. The Charter Review Committee. Uh, and your and summary, the history that you just provided? Correct. Uh, or can we make that part of the record then? Yes, we can provide it. And then just for clarification, you talked about fringe benefits, and I want to make sure uh, it's clear what you're talking about there. You're talking about health benefits, uh, other things like that. Is that what you're talking about? The fringe Correct. Benefits? Car allowances, tech, technology allowances, um, retirement benefits, retiree medical, anything. Some people call them fringe or just regular benefits. Okay. Thank you. Hmm? Sure. One quick question. I don't know if this will be handled in the next item. Um, while I understand we'll go through the salary ranges, when you get to the history of it, when we were when the previous commissions set the comparable cities, what was the idea of setting the comparable cities for the mayor different than the comparable cities for the council members? Was there discussion? Because it seems a little off that there's a different set that they were salary surveys. So I didn't know what, if there was any discussion historically on how we got to that point or if that'll be covered in the next item, because they're not the same list of comparables. Are they not the same? I, I believe they are, and what you have in your packet okay. is you have two items in your packet for the item, I believe, number six, and the mayor and council are on two different pages. Okay. So right. this, is, this is what is proposed. Okay. And this is what is current. Got so it. these match this way and that way. Got it. Item backwards. Never mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was a bit, I, I have to say, that was a bit confusing if you didn't, you know, if you weren't paying and, attention. Yeah. And typically going forward, you would only see one set, Correct. but because we weren't sure what would happen with uh, the next item, we wanted to give you all the available information. That's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. One question. Yes. Uh, you said that the council members work part-time, but then they are called to come early in the morning they can work late at night if they have functions yeah there's nothing expressed in the charter that says that they are part-time right. now that the measure s made the mayor full-time and was silent on council members okay so the implication by many is that they're part-time but there's no nowhere in the charter does it say part-time okay. okay so that's why it's important for you to really focus on the language of the charter of measure s that says you need to use the salary surveys and the the, the amount of time that they dedicate you can evaluate many different things okay. but not get caught up on just the title of part-time versus full-time um i have one uh, last question for myself um you you interact i take it uh, frequently uh with council members right and are aware of the uh, various responsibilities that they have. Is that correct? Correct. And you mentioned an example of um, working from breakfast till after dinner time on occasion. Um, based upon your personal experience, observe, you've been uh, serving the council in the city for a long time, based upon your personal observations over the years, um, is the work that you have seen done on a day-to-day -day basis the equivalent of full-time employment? Well, I could provide you my, my personal opinion as opposed to the city attorney's office position. And um, I would say, yes, that they do um, have full-time duties. 
Um, we, the city attorney's office, myself, we interact with them constantly from the mornings to the evenings. Um, I know that they set schedule, they, they set their meetings to um, accommodate sometimes many different people, and so they're scheduled throughout the day. So, um, yes, as, as I've been here through the years, I've seen the demands on council members increase substantially as the city has grown, as the, um, the population has grown, and the, also the size we've annexed um, North and Thomas. The next, the never of significant uh, land of, for the city. So, yes. All right, well, I appreciate your personal opinion. I know you can't speak for the city attorney's office in that regard, but I appreciate your personal opinion based Welcome. upon your experience. Thank you. Welcome. Any other questions? Okay, so the uh, recommendation is to receive and file the uh, history, information on the history and scope of the Compensation Commission. Um, there's uh, no public member that's asked to comment on this. So um, is there a motion to uh, receive and file that? So moved. Second. Second. Um, all in favor? Aye. 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 Anyone opposed or abstain? All right. <coughs> You're directed to um, file, uh, receive and file this information. Right. Item four is the review of the comparable cities report. <coughs> um, we do have a um, presentation this evening, and the the background before this on this item, excuse me, is to piggyback on what Gus said. When this commission was established, there was um, a robust discussion. We see that in the old minutes about what comparable cities were. We've seen that evolve or change through the years. In 2017, we aside from minutes and different documents that were produced, had not seen that memorialized in a resolution, and this body is able to pass a resolution. And that we brought a list forward, and at that time, for those of you who may not have seen the last meeting, there was a, a very robust discussion about how did we come to those cities, and are those the right cities? And we left that meeting with direction to you know, kind of investigate that, and we did that via a, a survey. And so tonight, I'm Megan from Coffin Associates, who is going, who did conducted that in investigation for us. That was internal, and she'll discuss it in detail with our own members and looking out um, to see what other cities would might be the best for you to do. So we're going to have her make her presentation, and when she come on. But before she does, I'd like to uh, make some comments, if you don't mind. And so, and I'll have you do that. Um, when everything is concluded, then we'll be looking for a motion. And just because we're some of us are new tonight, that motion can be to adopt the item as it's written. If you have changes, and then we will go back and memorialize that in a resolution. And then in your next meeting, you'll see that as your comparable cities in your compensation report. Okay. So uh, I would just like to give some some history as well, and that is section twenty nine. Uh, requires the Compensation Commission to, as uh, Wendy said, annually set compensation uh, that is, quote, reasonable and consistent with other cities in size and structure, unquote. And in my former job as a judge, my colleagues and I uh, often interpreted and applied codes, and in doing so, we applied standard rules of statutory construction. Uh, and. Uh, Essentially, the, the basic, most fundamental rule is that if the words of a code are not ambiguous, their plain meaning governs, and the words must be given their ordinary, usual meaning construed in the context of the apparent purpose of the code. 
So applying uh, Section 29, uh, it is evident to me that, quote, similar, unquote, means, commonly means, quote, nearly but not exactly the same as. The word size in the context of this section means population. Uh, the word structure uh, is commonly in this context means the manner of organization and the operation of the integrated parts of the whole, for example, such as um, whether the work of the mayor or the council members is uh, full-time or part-time, how often the council meets, uh, whether they also sit on city commissions or boards, whether they have regular office hours for constituents, whether they attend constituent events during the day or evening, uh, whether the local government includes a city manager and other such factors um, that are related to the uh, manner of organization and the integrated parts of the operation. Reasonable in the context of compensation means, and I'm just using standard plain words that you find in the dictionary, logical, justified, supported, Consistent means in conformity with, in accord with. Thus, uh, my observation before we hear from the presenter is that the test we must apply, the measure, so to speak, is that the amount of compensation paid by the city to the mayor uh, and uh, the um, members of the city council must be logical in conformity with the compensation that other cities nearly the same in population and structure of their city councils pay to their mayors and council members. And uh, in applying this test, we first must identify the cities that are similar to Sacramento and the size of their populations and the manner in which the councils operate. Again, for example, it works full-time, part-time, uh, all of those other things that I just mentioned. And at the meeting of this commission on September 19th, uh, September 18th, excuse me, 2017, the commission directed staff, as Wendy indicated, to um, return at a future date with a comprehensive analysis of the compensation paid to mayors and council members of cities similar in size and structure uh, to Sacramento. To, so to this end, a consultant, Kauf uh, and Associates, was hired to identify such cities and provide a comprehensive analysis uh, in support of its findings, and its report was published on the city's uh, website and given to members of this commission on February 7th, uh, 2019. So at this time, the commission asks uh, that the representative of of Associates, Ms. Ms. Monica Garrison, is it Roosh or Reich, uh, to present the report. Thank you. Get it set up real quick. Thank you for having me. Um, as was introduced, my name is Monica Garrison-Reich. I'm a senior consultant with Coffin Associates. Um, little on my background, I've been doing compensation work in the public sector exclusively for the past 15 years. So this is, you know, not, not the first time around. Um, I was the consultant that worked, in worked on your project and collected the data that is provided within this report. Um, as we go through the presentation, I'll give you a little background on the study um, that we've been doing. It's kind of been a it's a different sort of scope than your entire 
picture that has been presented here. What we have been asked to do um, is to essentially gather information for you. We were not asked to be the ones to collect compensation data, but rather give information um, with collect information both from the council members as well as the other agencies regarding their structures and organizations to better give you information to help you evaluate your um, what think the structures of the different agencies. So we'll go through. Um, so some, what we plan to cover today is the study background and history, as well as um, the agencies that we identified to include within this study, and the survey um, questions that were passed that were included to those agencies, as well as the findings from those agencies. So into back background, oops, and it works, it's so exciting. Into background and, and surveys. Um, just to let you know, this has been a two-phase, we've looked at, this has kind of been a two-phase project for us. Um, I think, I want to say spring, summer of last year, we were asked um, when you were started looking at your structure to reach out to your council members and ask them what they felt, you know, should, you know, there was definitely some concern and some feelings regarding um, the compensation and the structure of the council within the city. And the, what we were asked to do is to reach out and essentially get their feelings on the topic and bring that back um, Kind of as a what what are they look what are they looking at what do they think we should be should be evaluated when you're looking at um, compensation and when you're looking at essentially the structure with, under which they work. So we initially did interviews. We offered to all the council members um, that we would be available for interviews, and over I think a six to eight week period, managed to schedule me, um, I managed to schedule calls with majority of them. Um, to go through and kind of run down with them, you know, what, you know, what their concerns are with regard to compensation, gather information, and kind of get a sense of what, you know, they were looking for around this topic. Um, we also, over that time, looked at, you know, if you're going to be looking at um, comparability, comparability across agencies, you know, what would we be looking at as far as regionally or um, across the state? Size was a big issue. Um, within the compensation um, realm in our world when we are looking to evaluate labor market agencies we are generally looking to find agencies that are both as you you know no one's exactly the same you're never going to find it both larger and smaller you kind of want to get a mixed market and as well as you know looking at looking across the agency originally when we were going through this we didn't know your history i've learned a lot just sitting here tonight so we didn't know your history with regard to the topic um, we originally um, came through and had proposed the 11 largest cities across California. Those were our first cities. And reviewing that list, um, Riverside was all, oh, let me skip ahead. So, um, yeah, so we came up with survey questions and identified cities. Um, I'll just skip back to it. The second portion of the study was actually going out to those cities and, um, Pretty, we reported our findings to the city, what the council members were looking for with regard to um, questions they had concerning that they thought should be of value when you're evaluating other agencies. And we came back to the city and proposed a list of questions that we would go out and survey um, a set group of agencies. And then um, we went out and surveyed those agencies over the next couple of months, primarily with contacts with the um, city clerk's offices, working with them as far as how the structures work, as much as um, there's, you know, more so how they're actually in operations rather um, along with the codes per se, and then came back and um, reported that out. So the agencies to be surveyed and looking at that, these are the agencies that we reached out to, 
and um, spoke, as again I said, with the um, city clerk's offices and identified contacts to um, respond to questions. They were identified as the 11 largest, um, they include the 11 largest um, cities within California, as well as Riverside, which is, I guess, historically has been of interest and comparability to the city of Sacramento, so that was included as well. When speaking with your council members, there was a lot of um, feeling that certain um, out-of-state um, cities, Portland, Seattle, and Denver were the ones they brought forward, should be considered simply because of similar similarities within size and scope and whatnot. And so those, um, we also collected information from those cities with regard to their operations. So what I'm going to go through now is essentially it's reviewing what the information that was provided in the summary report that went with the data tables with our um, data collection. So um, it pretty much, you know, the, the issues that, that come, to, come to pass, you'll see as the first bullet point is, is the question and then the key points that came out of it. Um, where was question with regard to um, full-time versus part-time status of the council and mayor. Um, similar with these cities, this is their perception of whether it's full or part-time that is more official or not official in, diff in different agencies. The, um, of the 14 surveyed, seven cities indicated they had a full-time council and mayor. And um, that the four that noted that the cities within California with that structure are the four are among the four largest: um, Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, and San Jose. Um, how the salaries are set really varied um, across the eight, across the um, cities surveyed. Again, all of these details were provided per, by agency <laughs> in a table to kind of give you a sense as to so once you know as to as to what um, is there. Four of the cities um, indicated that, again, a, a commission establishes their salaries similar to, similar to the Sacramento structure. There were some interesting, um, interesting standouts with regard to this in that um, the city of Los Angeles um, established by charter that they are aligning their council member salaries with that of their superior court judges um, so that it automatically stays attached to that and takes it out of any other notice. And um, Denver has an interesting structure where all of their council members serve consecutive four-year terms. So the exiting council will set the salary for the incoming council. They were so there's, those are some of the practices that stood out as slight as interesting and, and of a different method dealing with the same issue. Um, so as to whether the council is required, um, you know, meetings in office um, and office hours, they again varied. Um, each agency has a lot of the smaller cities um, only meet twice a month. However, the larger um, councils will meet as often as twice a week on a consistent basis. The um, number and size of their districts, again, this all of this information is provided in tables and it varies. Um, from you know the lowest with only um, six districts to Los Angeles, which has 15. The size of those districts also vary greatly, anywhere from Bakersfield, which is the lowest with like 18,000, I think, people per district, to Los Angeles, which has approximately, I think, 275 constituents per district. 275,000, I apologize. So um, there was a lot of variation in structure. Um, as far as there was some questions that the council members had as to how staff is assigned and how budgets are managed for the councils, um, most of the agent, um, the majority that had a con that had a consistent practices um, were similar to Sacramento in that the budgets for their council members are um, provided. The council members are provided a budget, and they are allowed to um, essentially manage staffing and such in that manner. 
several of the agencies did indicate um, that they have more of a centralized service area and whatnot, and that is, again, all captured within those um, survey tables. The, um, how board assignments are made, that was one of the areas that was consistently came up when speaking to your council members with regard to you know, the load of work that is the, um, support, the board assignments based upon your locale. The practices really varied across the, across, um, the cities. What was most consistent was that the council presidents would assign, um, would assign agencies um, would assign the council members to various different um, com um, sorry committees, and that um, and that was how the assignments were made. And they all of all of which indicated that the clerk's offices indicated that they attempt that they worked to balance the load, but it would also be some of them were much more focused on um, skills and areas and backgrounds of their council members rather than necessarily load in some instances. And we worked to capture as much as we could of that again in the in the data tables. Um, so the compensation practices for the board assignments. There was some question with regarding to board assignments that provide additional compensation. How is that additional compensation received? Um, pretty much seven of the agencies that responded to the question um, indicated they go, that any sort of compensation that is received just goes directly to the council members who serve on those boards. Um, rather, and then an additional four indicated that the compensation would go into a centralized general fund practice. Um, as far as additional compensation beyond salaries, there, what we found across the market was very consistent with what the practice that's happening within Sacramento in that regardless of structure that they are receiving fringe benefits per se, um, I'm sorry, health, um, health retirement as well as in many cases auto allowances and different technology or travel allowances are also received. Um, as far as the role of the council in the management of the city, this is... Um, it's pretty much the degree to which the council has direct oversight of the city, similar in structure. The, um, of the agencies surveyed, some of the, for the most part, there's, they're quite similar, a strong mayor having a, a council have oversight to, of functions but not be directly involved in the management of the city. There are some standouts with that, though. Both Los Angeles and Portland's councils will have a, a greater degree of involvement in the actual operations of the city, and that's, again, outlined in the details of that are outlined in the um, summary tables. Um, as far as what, another question was at what dollar amount must an item go before for the front of the council for approval? The thought to this question is the lower the dollar amount, the more things come before you. Um, so we've captured that um, information as well. And in general, the majority, uh, there's some that are really have an interestingly high number and some have an interestingly low number, but the majority clustered between 25 to 54,000. And that would be those um, seven agencies that indicated such. Um, it was an interesting question that say one um, one or two council member wanted to know the um, sporting event. You know, if any the city manages any sporting venues, um, it's of the ten agencies that responded to this question, only two actually manage a sporting venue. Several others own you know act, own those such sporting venues, but the entire management is contracted out, so they are not directly responsible for any of that. Questions regarding any additional um, stipends. For the most part, beyond the fringe benefits, it's not, there wasn't much in the market that is happening with regard to that, occasionally a small um, like technology or something of that nature, but overall it's mostly captured within that. And then um, 
Finally, we had a couple of questions with regard to um, areas of most, this is an interesting question, areas that are of most concern within the city, like where is the city spending a great deal of their time? Um, at that point, um, we were made aware that like the, you know, homelessness is always an issue. The cannabis, cannabis, um, cannabis legislation has been a very impactful. So we were asked to go out to these agencies and ask, you know, what are, what is the areas of major concern that for the council? And it's this, and we're getting the city clerk's office's perspective of it. And we're not, you know, obviously the council members at that point. And, um, Across the board, the standout with that is with regards to homelessness. That is especially within the Southern California cities that have had a, a great deal of um, a great deal of um, news and, in some cases, litigation around that in their in their cities. There is um, there is a great deal of concern with the homelessness issue. With that, we were also asked um, to try and get a try and get some information with regard to the um, chronic outdoor population in these cities. And in looking for that, we provided that where we could. That was a harder number to come by because in each of these agencies, there's someone working on something with regard to homelessness, but it generally is not a centralized function, and it was very difficult to get them to call us back and whatnot. We provided what what numbers we could as of the time. Excuse me, or we were able to get people to respond to us, but it's not something that the clerk's offices generally had much information on. Um, and finally, there was a question with regard to whether the city is also a county seat. We, ident we indicated um, that information by whether the cities are, um, if, if the county, county operations are located within the city. So it's, you know, are the administrative offices, it creates a different level of government interaction and um, whatnot. So, and of those, you know, these are all the larger, um, larger cities. So 12 of the 14 agencies that we surveyed are also serve as their, as their counties. Um, administrative offices or, or county seat for operations. So, um, yeah, as I'm going through, that pretty much, those are the questions that we had come, that had come through the council members with regard to what they felt we should be considering when looking at, when looking at um, these agencies and taking a deeper look at them. So those were the, that's what we went out and surveyed and then again, provided kind of our findings in an upper higher level overview. And then we also provided the data um, with responses from each of these agencies in table format. So that was, that was the scope of what we have done for you with regard to this. This is a time for um, discussion and perhaps to answer questions. If it's okay with the other members, can I just start with asking two questions? Is that all right? So um, you, um, you heard um, my description of how you would define um, size mm -hmm. and structure um, and all the factors to consider there. Would it be fair to say that your firm's analysis of the comparable cities was consistent with the uh, definitions of the terms similar in size and structure that I described a few moments ago? Our initial analysis that brought us to those agencies we're definitely looking at that. Um, with with taking, then, you're, then you have to layer on our um, working methodology when we look at labor market analysis, which is to look for some bigger, some smaller. 
because we want you to be in the middle. So we're not. So when, when what's tricky is when you say it need, things need to be like as you defined similar. How similar do they need to be? Are you looking for only the cities that are exactly like you, or are you looking for you know how how much of a variance are you looking for? What we look to do is have agencies kind of get a place where there's lar larger and smaller within the, within the market. Um, with those, you know, you've got some Fresnes and Bakersfield and different ones that are obviously smaller in operations as well as some of the larger cities. So we, we, looked, we look at it from a slightly different perspective, but yes. When it gets into more information with regard to similar structure, I think the survey that we conducted really brought out to home more of the similarities or differences with regard to structure that we wouldn't have been, that we just aren't necessarily aware of and that budgets alone won't tell you as to how the operations. And I think that was the, to my mind, the purpose of this study was to bring to light more information regarding these cities' actual operations to allow you to better make an evaluation. So if I understand your, uh, your response, size really, you were looking at population. Is that correct? We really looked at the largest because the, biggest, the cons biggest concerns that we heard when we spoke to your council members were being Sacramento, the state capital, the issues you have, the boards they're on. They felt that their size and scope of op operations was much bigger than majority of the other agencies within your region. So when we just look at when we just look regionally around at, at other cities that they felt that their size and scope and expectations were, were larger. And so when we looked back there is a documented, you know, the large 11, I guess you'd say which are the largest 11 cities across the state and those were the initial ones there and we you know, and they felt that those were a good representation as well as, then we added Riverside except for historical purposes. I understand that, but when, when you're talking about, when you're looking at the code, when you're talking about size, is, hmm. it, is it my understanding you were looking, when you're just looking at size, you're looking, talking about population. That's different than the structure of yes. uh, the government. So would that population be Population is something that we did take into consideration, population. yes. Okay, <laughs> and then in terms of structure, uh, you you were looking, as I understand it, at the manner of operations, what mm -hmm. uh, how how the how each component works, how it how it functions, what the all. expectations were, kind of how. That's why we, we went to it was a it's a very different study, and that's more of a we would call it a best practices, but it's it's more of an organizational analysis study where you're going and asking how does it really work, how does it really work in your city, how do, how are these things handled, to kind of bring back some practices and policies that may not have been. Um, aware that they were options even. So does that include, I mean, you've listed things, that includes how often the council meets, hmm? um, whether it's considered full-time, part-time, uh, all the other responsibilities uh, if council members have to sit on board, uh, uh, city commissions, et cetera. Do they have regular office hours for constituents? Are they out uh, early yes, in the morning? As much as that, all those things yes, as much as that information as we could get, we, we got from the agencies and then provided in table format. Okay. Now, uh, my second and last question at this point is that um, the study notes that the Sacramento City Charter defines the mayor of Sacramento as full-time, uh, but does not contain a formal designation, full-time or part-time, as to uh, council, other council members. Uh, you have, you're, you're the one that gathered the data. You've got all this information based upon the answers that you received in response to the uh, survey, your firm survey, um, uh, would it be fair to say, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, you just tell me, um, uh, are the functions of Sacramento, uh, Sacramento's council members, not talking about the mayor, but Sacramento's mm -hmm. council members, the equivalent of a full-time position? 
I don't work with them close enough to really give an honest opinion on that. I will say that when I spoke to all of these agencies, right, I'm working with the city clerk's offices to identify how they operate, that the expectations and the degree to which the meetings and the board responsibilities for your council seem to be on, on very much on the higher side. Well, only the largest agencies ha seem to have anywhere near the, comp the council, the council um, and committee structure responsibilities that I heard from your council members when I spoke to them directly and when they, as they outlined their day and what they worked on. And so, um, you know, when the smaller, you know, the smaller, you know, cities per se or different things seem to have a lot, um, speaking of the clerk's office, they had a lot fewer boards and whatnot. They may not have been able to tell me the exact number, but just by, some of them only had internal council meetings. They didn't even have outside boards that they sat on and different things. So the, that's where I think the, um, the level of work is different and at a, and at a you know, what I would be thinking would be a larger scope of responsibility than to make a comparison study. Does that answer your question somewhat? It does. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it. Any other questions? So it's kind of a take on that question, but a little different. It looks like from the report, aside from the do we consider them part-time or full-time, it looks like there's consistency around, among the councils that they treat the mayor and the council the same. So either the whole council, whether it's the mayor or the council members, are seen as full-time or part-time. But you, it doesn't appear that most of the cities would have a full-time mayor and see their council members as not full-time. They either see them as a full-time job for every council member I position would, or part-time. That, that seemed to be more consistent with per memory. Like I'd have to like go through like line by line. It's been a while since I wrote it. But um, but per memory, it does seem to be um, yes that it's more of a a. Um, all or nothing kind of. Yeah, like it's just in, in the, in, and again, there's there's outliers, even with that answer. I, I'd have to like count it up and tell you what the, what the prevailing practice would be, but you can see that there's enough variance in how people do things that getting like six or seven of these agencies to all do the same thing is a, is a big deal because the others are kind of, they all have their own take on stuff. And my only other question you kind of answered, which was it got to the variance. I actually pulled, we can talk about later, the appointment roster and looked at how many meetings and the mayor has 10, and we have council members. A couple have low, but council members at 9, 12, 13. So they're either at the mayor's or exceeding the mayor's number of committees. And so I was trying to look at that comparatively, but it looks like not all the cities responded. But there were a fair yeah. number who you confirmed have are in the 2 to 3 range. Yeah, the and there's, five, there's quite a few. in the 10 to mm -hmm. 12. Most of them aren't keeping a really good track of the number of um committees or you know you can say so and so has this means so you know they don't really keep a, an ongoing roster of them so what I tried to give you was a sense of what they told me with regard to what their expectations were and perceptions on, on what they do as much as, as was available the only other thing I had a question on because it's not in here and if you don't know that's fine was there any discussion about time of day for meetings because I know one of the questions in Sacramento is a lot of the meetings are daytime versus was there any feedback from any of these or feeling or a lot of meetings in other jurisdictions throughout the day? Are they mainly evening, part-time, after-hours councils, or is it just, um, if you don't know, that's fine. I'm just No, curious. there was no specific, no specific question to that. The closest question we had was regarding to office hours and when they're required to be places. And in most cases, no one is, no one is um, required to, you know, it's required to show up at a certain time, a certain place for office hours. At the same time, it was, you know, I, I noted whenever there were trends where it's the practice to do that because it's a difference, you know, between what's required and what is their practice. Um, 
so no, there wasn't, you know, I think just by the number of the ones that only meet a couple times a month type of thing, they, you know, it's obviously, um, and then you'll see in the responses as to how the degree to which they can help hold outside employment, you know, as to it, that kind of speaks to it some too, but yeah, that was not directly asked. Any other questions? All right, you may be seated this time. During our discussion, we might call you up for some other um, Thank you. Thank you. questions, okay? Um, I, I'm one who maybe over-prepares, and I uh, put together, I took all of this information and put it together in a, in a one-page summary, which if you think it might be helpful, I'd be happy to, it's kind of my talking points, I'd be happy to distribute it to you, and it can become part of the record. Um, and this, we're talking at this point, just comparable cities and size and structure. So uh, on this, you can see that it's listed by um, population from the largest population. The cities are on the left in terms of largest population on the left part, and then structure, uh, kind of summarizing the structure of each um, of the um, councils. And uh, in looking at this, and then it kind of, uh, I've added on at least my interpretation, and I think you've, you've validated that uh, May I call you Monica? Is that okay? Yes, yeah. Monica. You know, that size in the context of this section really means population, and then structure means manner of organization and all the components of that. And as I look at this, um, I, it just seems to me that Los Angeles really doesn't meet the criteria of, uh, of similar because, first, the population is just dramatically larger. There's 4 million. This, I'm using 2019 population figures that I pulled off of worldpopulation.com. I just discovered that. And because uh, the other, the other uh, statistics that I found were from 2017. Okay, so I'm going to rely upon the Internet. You know, I hope it's accurate. But, uh, but at least it was consistent and close to the 2017 uh, figures that were uh, verified. So Los Angeles has got 4 million 57 1,841, uh, you know, then you go all the way down to Santa Ana that has 334,000. Sacramento is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 down in, sure, in terms of population uh, because it, uh, the latest figures were 513,330. And so if you, look, uh, if you look at just simply the population, it seems to me in interpreting this code section, I'm not directing this to you, I'm just I'm directing it really to the other members of this commission, it just seems to me that it would be inappropriate to, um, uh, to include Los Angeles because it's not similar. I mean, it's, it's 3.5 million population larger than Sacramento. So that's my first observation. Uh, the second observation is when you look at uh, Bakersfield, Anaheim, and Santa Barbara, again, uh, it seems to me that they do not fit uh, the, uh, the concept of um, similar in size and structure because uh, at, with respect to size, uh, you know, uh, Santa Ana is uh, 178,500 smaller, 
Uh, Anaheim's 157,000 smaller. Bakersfield's 125,000 uh, smaller. And then when you look at structure, every one of those is a part-time council, at least according to the information we received from you. Uh, Bakersfield meets twice a month. Uh, Anaheim twice a month, and it sounds like they don't have any have office hours. And Santa Ana twice a month with no office hours. Um, my only other observation, and it was, uh, I think it, I might have heard somebody mention to it uh, that uh, San Francisco uh, is a city and county, but it seems to me it's still nonetheless a city, and I, I don't think that means it should be deleted from this list uh, if the Compensation Commission finds that uh, it is similar to Sacramento in terms of the size of the population structure and meaning uh, uh, and uh, organization operation of the governing body. So. Uh, my first thought, and I just throw it out for discussion, is that um, I'm not comfortable personally in including Los Angeles, Bakersfield, Anaheim, and Santa Ana in the list of comparable cities. What do you think? I can. I think for me, I, I understand the thing with Los Angeles, and in, in particular with the Bakersfield, Anaheim, and Santa Ana. For me, the one of the big issues was they're a part-time council. They meet twice a month. And so even if it's not about size, when you look comparable structure, this is, regardless of if they're part-time or full-time, this is an every week city with a very complex committee structure and responsibility. Um, and so it, that didn't seem as equivalent just based on the responsibilities. Um, I did not have issues with San Francisco because I think a lot of the dynamic between the city county, even though we're not the county, is very similar in Sacramento if you think about the area interaction between the city and the county seat and the number of joint authorities. I think it's that that relationship is comparable. A lot of the issues are handled the same way and it may be a meeting with the county, but the city's present at a lot of things that San Francisco might do in house, but we're still part of those conversations and meetings. So I think that's comparable. So I'm okay with the changes. I think with what's left, there's still a good comparable. It gives us a good idea on salary range and scope to have the rest of the compensation the question about how to evaluate them. And that's, that's a good point, Tiffany, because uh, the fact is that San Diego is uh, larger in population, um, and as is San Jose. But uh, again, if you uh, delete those two from, you're not gonna have a sufficient number really of comparable cities. So I think it's kind of essential that you, you have enough of a range uh, and all of that can be taken into consideration. But it just seems to me that the outliers that really shouldn't be on the list, and this is no disrespect to you, Monica, that, that it just seems to me that Los Angeles and then uh, Bakersfield, Anaheim, and Santa Ana really don't match up on any of the criteria that we have to consider. So um, I just wanted to throw that out. And um, sure, absolutely. What was the consideration for doing the uh, Los Angeles and Bakersfield? You, would you come up, please, to the Podium, thank you. Um, initially, we looked at the 11 largest cities across the state, which Sacramento is among them. Because okay. that was the, the concern was that um, the feeling was that if you went, if you didn't go across the state and if you didn't look large, you weren't going to be you weren't going to be looking at organizations that dealt with comparable issues that Sacramento deals with. Uh, but I did have a question before that. Um, hmm? You said you did not know the history of the. 
I didn't know the years back. I mean, that was the whole, that was going back to like, I think, oh, I think I started working in compensation in 03. So like, <laughs> yes, yeah, so no, I didn't know that I didn't, I hadn't, we had been asked to come in and do kind of look at some specific things for you and obviously go do a specific scoped survey, but we didn't, we weren't, um, we didn't do the, um, anything and the, the rest of the, the rest of that. So. And a lot of our questions were really drawn out of speaking with your council members. It was their concerns and the things that they felt should also be should be taken into consideration when you're looking at um, evaluating agencies. So that's where that's kind of where the scope of my questions came from was from those interviews. Okay. I, I was just going to add one thing. I do want to say I do think that the addition of Denver. Portland and Seattle was good, yes. um, not only for a venue outside of California, but if you look at the Metro Chamber and when we yes. do study missions, those are cities that we have in recent years gone to look at practices we're emulating for similar issues and similar projects. So I think it's interesting to look at how other cities that we're modeling ourselves after operate when that is something that the city's actively doing in those jurisdictions. And I actually was glad to see those on there because they have outside with the outside. Um, I'm, I'm getting a sense perhaps we might be agreeing on the fact that we should delete Los Angeles, Bakersfield, Anaheim, and Santa Ana from the list. Is that? I agree with that. Um, do, we, do we have a motion then to um, the, the, the recommendation is to adopt a resolution approving the list of comparable cities and repeal resolution 2017. Do we have a motion to adopt a resolution uh, approving a list, the list of comparable cities with the exception of and the deletion of um, uh, Bakersfield, Los, Los Angeles, Angeles, Bakersfield, Anaheim, and Santa Ana from the list and to approve the list with those deletions. Do we have a, a motion for that? I have a motion for that to right. delete that. Is there a second? I'll second. All right. Um, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Any abstention? Hearing none, uh, then uh, this commission um, adopts the resolution with those yes, deletions. Sir. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Great. Item five is the, and thank you, Monica. I got to work with her, and, and it was quite a pleasure to do so. So, um, annual review, item five is the annual review of compensation of the city boards and commissions. Uh, Mr. Chair? Um, I'm going to have to recuse myself from this agenda item as I have a family member who is a member of a uh, commission. We appreciate your candor and ethics. Thank you. Um, you know, in my view, you don't have to leave. Uh, you just can sit here uh, quietly and uh, uh, don't stare at us if we uh, do something you don't like. <laughs> okay. Good evening, so, uh, The presenters are going to be uh, Human Resources Manager Sally, is it Lai? Lee. Lee. Thank you for And asking. Human Resources Director Shelley Banks-Robertson are the presenters? Correct. Terrific. Thank you. Great. So uh, good evening again, Commissioners. Uh, again, my name is Sally Lee, Human Resources Manager over Employment Classification and Development. And with me here this evening is Shelley Banks-Robinson, Human Resources Director. So the item before you is to discuss adopting a resolution establishing the compensation of city boards and commissions. Uh, included in your report uh, is a redlined version of the compensation for boards and commissions with updated information, and we're available to answer any questions you may have. 
Um, first of all, we would uh, take uh, any comments from the public that have requested to make such comments. None have been requested. So um, uh, any uh, questions? Do any members of the uh, commission have any uh, questions? Um, as I understand it, there, uh, the the motion is, or the the request is, to approve the compensate, compensation set forth in the attachment. Correct. For the boards and commissions. Okay. Um, it's my understanding. Is it is it correct that this is uh, this is the same compensation that has been given for uh, periods of time, and uh, you're just adding two new. Missions, is that correct? Uh, I, that is my understanding. Uh, I do look at, the, uh, look at the records for the previous years, and I believe that that's what's being redlined here, is just showing the deletion of a uh, committee and the addition of, I think, two new ones. Yeah, I'll, this is, Sally and I are just working on this together for the first time. So um, be, since the last meeting, a new uh, comp a commission has been established. The prior measure U committee was disbanded, and there's a new one. And we added what we call active transportation. That commission arises out of also a previously disbanded commission that wasn't under this um, commission's jurisdiction in the past. And we are recommending the salary with, you know, in consult consultation with the city manager of $50 per meeting. That is, is not only our baseline, it's similar to other local jurisdictions in that these are advisory boards. You do on your list see that the planning commission, that was a question that was brought to me, makes substantially more, but they are a quasi-judicial board, and they, th these have been long-standing um, stipends for them. And it is not intended to be compensation such as a representative of how much time they're contributing, but to cover incidentals and parking and travel or other things that they have. So this uh, proposal is not to increase or decrease. This is just to maintain what it has been for Right. We're time. not asking for changes of any existing boards. We're just adding the new ones to you and their compensation is similar to the boards already. Any, uh, any other questions or discussion? Well, what's the new two ones? I'm sorry? What's the new two? Uh... We had a board that was called the City County Bicycle Advisory Board, and that was disbanded, and in its Sorry. place, active transportation. Okay. And we had a Measure U committee um, that was disbanded as part of the election of the new, and it just yes. has a different title. It, was, it looks a little different. Yes, yes, I remember that. Okay, is there a motion to approve the compensation set forth in the attachment for the boards and commissions? Um, that motion. All right. Second? I second it. All right. It's uh, been moved and seconded. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Anyone opposed or abstain? All right. Um, the uh, commission will approve that compensation. Item six is the annual review of compensation of the mayor and city council members. Also, Ms. Lee. Great. So uh, just for the record, again, I'm Sally Lee, Human Resources Manager over Employment Classification Development. And again, here with me is Shelly Binks-Robinson, Human Resources Director. Uh, the item before you now is to discuss salary and benefits for the mayor and council. Uh, a comparable city salary report has been included in your staff report, along with a redline version of the salary resolution that brings the mayor and council members in alignment with the benefits currently available to charter officers and uh, the executive team. And again, I'm available for any questions. Um, let's uh, start uh, first with the uh, compensation for the uh, mayor. Do uh, members of the commission have any questions? I have a few, but um, I would defer. 
to other members of the commission. Okay. So, um, could you please uh, clarify in the in the attachment containing the compensation for other mayors? Um, are the figures that you have in that uh, limited only to salary and other forms of cash, such as miscellaneous allowances, or do those figures include the value of other benefits, such as health care coverage or life insurance? You want me to jump in, Sally? So the, on your chart, you have um, th uh, three total columns that address this. So last reported salary is their actual paid salary. Mm -hmm. um, in the in situation, they have a miscellaneous allowance. Um, those are often considered outside of their PERS salary, so that is why they're in another column. And that total compensation column at the end is the combination of the two. The quantitative cash value of the benefits is not included. Right. Um, we did try that several years ago, but because um, the packages vary, uh, be not only between comparable cities, but between members, so a member who has no dependents may not have the same value as a member who has nine dependents. I don't think we have any that do, but if right. they, they did. So that, that is actual cash in a paycheck. And, and I raise this only, and I think that's a very good response, because we're trying to compare with the total compensation for other cities. And as I understand it, this, this chart, this exhibit B, um, uh, with respect to the mayor, talks about salary plus these miscellaneous allowances in the form basically of cash and not the, the type of things that somebody referred to as health benefits and that sort of stuff. Is that is Right, that there accurate? is no financial representation of the benefits portion. Right. Um, during that time, and, and I want to say it was like five or six years ago when we did look at it, the benefits that we saw in other cities were similar. They were cafeteria-style benefit plans. Um, they, if they had a retirement, they participated in the PERS plan. Um, I do believe that of the comparable cities, and this is something I would have to double-check if you're interested, our members are, under the current agreement, paying more of the PERS portion than other cities, but there is not a, a quantitative cash value of the benefits being the, the, what we're calling the fringe benefits to our members or other recommended cities. Okay. And then in the proposed resolution, there are changes to language pertaining to the other benefits. All right. And, and are they the same, uh, these changes, are they the same as the current benefit packages received by any others? So this, the changes here, would, if you adopted the changes, in, in the, again, in the benefit section, that would bring our council members in alignment with the, what we refer to as the executive team. That's your four, soon to be five, charter officers and the executives that department heads. I'm, do you want to, more, Shelley, does that cover it? Uh, yeah, labor relations staff, uh, some key positions reporting to the city manager. Um, another question I have uh, to anyone who might be able to answer this, because I don't know the answer. Uh, does the mayor of uh, the city of Sacramento have any outside employment? I can't say if he has outside employment for where he's paid. I, I, I know he does a lot of work outside the city, but... I, I, I am personally unaware if he's receiving compensation outside of the city. Um, Another question, just your perspectives on this. Um, if a mayor is working the equivalent of full-time as a mayor, uh, should the fact, and I don't know if he does or not, but should the fact that a mayor uh, is also employed in another capacity have any bearing on his compensation, his or her compensation as mayor within the criteria set forth uh, 
in this statute. Anybody have any thoughts on that? I don't have a personal opinion. Is there a legal opinion, Gus? Any, uh, I don't have an opinion on that. Um, I guess what I'm leading up to um, is, um, is outside employment a factor, if there is any, a factor that should be considered in setting, setting the compensation under the test set forth in Section 29 that the composition to the mayor uh, Sacramento shall be reasonable and consistent with the salaries paid by other cities similar in size and structure I, I won't you know I don't have an opinion on the mayor but I will say in general for setting salaries for any job classification we do not take into account any other income or job that they have it's just based on the work that they do here and the, and the capacity all right that, I think that answers it my question yes and I was going to say just for practice from when we've done it through our, my employment, usually the only benchmark we look at is, make, is making sure that anyone should they have comp, outside employment that there's no conflict of interest. That's usually where it lies is that if you have extracurricular activities, whether it's compensated or not, it's more about conflict of interest than the pay. I do have a question though on the chart. Is the total compensation column supposed to be the total of the support, reported salary and miscellaneous allowance? Because mm-hmm. it's only the salary. It doesn't add. Yeah, I just saw that. That would be an error on my part, and I okay. apologize. <laughs> it's in the resolution that way, but I was it's checking. in the resolution, right? Okay. Yeah, because it's listed separately in the resolution, but I was just making sure that. Well, one of us can't. I apologize. I'm glad you brought that up, because I just looked at the last column. And, uh... <laughs> I looked at that, All right. So that actually throws off, to some extent, my... Um, the the little uh, summary that I prepared, and I would be happy to share with other members of this uh, commission uh, if you're interested. Uh, it's kind of similar to the, the chart that I prepared uh, on the comparable cities, and this has to do with the salary and allowances of the mayor. So um, what I've done um, on the left is uh, go by um, size uh, and having deleted Bakersfield, Anaheim, and Santa Ana, uh, the largest size would be San Francisco, the smallest size would be San Diego. And then to the right, the function. So for example, Oakland, although it's the second largest in size, from what I can gather, it's a part-time council. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do sit on boards. It meets three times a month. Long Beach, which is uh, larger in population than Sacramento, is a part-time council. It has a mayor-council um, structure, and it meets three times a month. Fresno, which is uh, slightly below uh, Sacramento, um, both in terms of... Um, uh, size and compensation is a part-time council, mayor, council, committees, two or three times a month. So I've laid, uh, laid out those figures, and if you look at that, uh, it puts the uh, salary of the um, mayor of Sacramento seventh 
out of 10 comparable cities, uh, including uh, part-time Oakland and uh, part-time Long Beach um, as, uh, as uh, salaries that are actually higher than, uh, than Sacramento. So then I just threw out some, some options. Um, one could be a 2% increase, which would be uh, $2,606 for a total compensation of 132882 uh, That would be um, uh, 79000 plus less than the uh, Oakland compensation. It would be 13000 plus less than the Long Beach compensation, interestingly enough, both on part-time councils. Um, 12,000 less than Seattle, 10,000 plus, almost 11,000 less than Portland, um, 5,508 uh, uh, more than uh, San Jose. If, uh, if there was a 4% increase, um, that would be $5,211 uh, for a total, compensation, uh, total salary of 135.47, which would be uh, almost 77,000 less than Oakland, 10,600 something less than Long Beach, 9,000 something less than Seattle, 6,876 less than Portland, and 2,156 over San Jose. If it was a 5% increase, it would be $6,514 for a total compensation of 137,790, uh, 75,632 less than Oakland. Uh, 9,380 less than Long Beach, 8,298 less than Seattle, 6,876 less than Portland, $3,459 more than San Jose. If it were a $6,000 uh, raise, so to speak, it would be uh, $7,817 uh, for a total of 138093 which is uh, 74000 plus uh, Lower than Oakland, eight thousand plus lower than uh, Long Beach, almost seven thousand dollars lower than Seattle, five thousand five hundred and seventy three lower than Portland, four thousand seven hundred and twenty six over San Jose. If it were seven point five percent, that would be nine hundred nine thousand seven hundred seventy one, uh, which would be a total compensation of one hundred forty zero four seven. I'm talking about salary and uh, allowances. Um, that would be a uh, uh, little over 72,000 less than Oakland, a little over 6,000 less than Long Beach, a little over 5,000 less than Seattle, a little over 3,600 3, uh, less than Portland, and 6,716 uh, over San Jose. If it were a 10% increase, it would be 13,028, which would be 143,304, which is... Um, 69,000 plus less than Oakland, 2,800 plus less than Long Beach, 1,700 plus less than Seattle, 362 less than Portland, and 9,973 over San Jose. Um, I noticed you had uh, included in our package the uh, raises that were received for City of Sacramento employees, which are 2% uh, on the state level. Um, California Peace Officers uh, got a 5% uh, raise. Um, SEIU, California Attorneys, Administrative Lodges, Hearing Officers got a 4% raise. So just this is only for example, for discussion purposes. If, if uh, we were to approve a 5% raise of um, 6,000 
$514, which is the equivalent of $543 per month for an annual salary of $136,790, or a 4% raise, which would be $5,211, or $434 a month for an annual salary of $135,487. That would put Sacramento sixth out of the 10 comparable cities with part-time Oakland and part-time Long Beach salaries higher. So, so I just throw out uh, the following topics or thoughts. I mean, what, what amount is justified based on the comparable size of the city and structure of uh, the various city councils? What, what amount is reasonable and appropriate for a, a capital city with significant challenges to address, as was discussed earlier, homelessness, um, affordable housing, residential and commercial development, parks and recreation, and amenities expected of a of capital city. That might be one thing we would talk about. And, um, and you already answered the question about uh, the other benefits. So with those observations, uh, I would certainly welcome discussion. I actually have one question for you. So... In here, it talks about the city of Sacramento employees getting a 2% raise. Is that the whole scale modifying 2%? I realize certain probably certain officials are set salary. They don't have a range. But then other classifications have a traditional step where there's the A through E or whatever step. And then was the whole range moved to the 2%? But they would still have the traditional like 5% increases for from like an A to an E. And then the whole range moved to the 2%. Is that a correct way? The entire range would move 2%, and that's what the 2% shows. Um, the bargaining units and the unrep, even though unrepresented don't have steps, um, they there was an amount allocated that they could get an additional 2.5% for um, to kind of model what the unions have done with steps. So unrepresented folks got up to 4.5% uh, for the past year. Because for me, the reason I ask that is I think in some ways there's the question of range, but then there's also the question of benchmarking, which anytime you do a salary survey, if you reset the benchmark, it's different than giving someone truly a raise in my mind because there's a question of the value of the position and then the, a raise to that value. And the whole idea with salary is occasionally that benchmark is different. You'll see certain classifications, their benchmark changes at a higher percentage. And so I think that's part of this discussion is where it's a little different. It's not just and apples to apples because we're talking about the way the positions are benchmarked and is are they benchmarked to the right position or should they have been benchmarked to a different value and then compensation in additional years would grow potentially off that new benchmark. And I think the capital city question for what it's worth is something that while we looked at comparable cities is something to think about um, just for what I do on day to day, it's not uncommon for everyone to say, well, we're looking at Sacramento to see what they do first. And so even bigger cities are looking at our access to the capital, mm -hmm. the willingness for the state to want to kind of use Sacramento as a test bed. So for our size, I think there's a lot of initiatives we take on for a city of our size that are actually more comparable to the larger cities in that way. So I do think that's a valuable question because they're able to see it outside the front door. And so there's a value to the conversations we engage in just based on access that I think other cities our size may not be. And there's value to that knowledge and depth. The, the issue for me um, is since I'm, I've interpreted the law so frequently and I look at what this law says, and it says 
compensation shall be reasonable and consistent with other cities similar in size and structure. Compensation paid to the, the mayors, okay. Um, I think that um, looking at what uh, raises were given um, to employees is something you could look at, but is that really, is that the measure? I mean, I, I think as I look at the statute, that's probably not the measure, but maybe it, it um, Maybe it's a factor you could consider in reasonableness. I, I don't know, but it, it, it seems to me that if you strictly look at the statute, you, it has to be uh, reasonable and consistent with the other you know, other cities. Uh, so that's that's the um, that's the uh, that's the guide. That's the measure. I think that I feel is is essential that this commission uh, apply. But it's interesting. You just talked in terms of. Um, Unrepresented employees of the city of Sacramento got a 4.5% pay increase. Is that accurate? Did I understand that correctly? A 2% general wage increase that increased the ranges, and then a 2.5% two, two to model what unions do for performance, I would say. And it was, it's also performance-based, so maybe not everybody received the full amount. Correct. That's why the, yeah, it's, it's listed it's as 2%. It's up to 4.5%. All right. Well, so they got 2% for just a general range uh, wage increase. Um, well, they could have gotten up to 2%, but the range increased by 2%, and then they could have gotten a 2.5% for performance. So any of the unrepresented people could have gotten from 0 to 4.5%, just based on performance. One more question. Absolutely. How long have this um, mayor's salary been like this, at, at the same range? At the same range? Well, it's gotten gradual increases. Uh, it's usually modeled after the unrepresented folks, whatever uh, ranges or whatever wages set aside for unrepresented. Mayor and council have gotten those same general wage increases. So it, I'd have to go back in time and look, but it's it's been... This has been the model for many years, but it's also important to note in the years that the unrepresented staff did not receive raises, this compensation commission also did not give raises to the mayor council. Um, but again, without looking at the exact numbers, it's been in that, that model of what the unrepresented unit was receiving. I have a question follow up on that since we're kind of talking about the benchmarking. How long ago did the city rebenchmark the other positions, so regular staff, how often do you do a compensate comp and class study for the the bargaining unit staff and others? Because then it becomes a question of is this really more of a benchmarking and so now we're benchmarking this. How long ago or how often do the lower classifications in the city compensation structure get read? It depends on the union. And for our management union, the last time we did a fairly uh, kind of a reset was twenty fifteen. And council at that time was not reset. We would have just were they bumped equivalently, or were they just given the C, basically CPI adjustment, or was there just a CPI adjustment, not technical, but yes, I mean just a general wage. Okay, yes. okay. Yeah. Did it depend on the budget? Is this the reason why? Yes and no. I mean, there's of course not been a, a significant amount to issue raises. Um, and uh, during the downtime, so I would say from about 2008 through maybe 2012, um, 
unrepresented and and count mayor council got nothing and in fact uh, well they didn't take furloughs but i don't even think that was allowed uh, but the unrepresented so it was a significant number of years that they took nothing being the mayor and the council they aren't supposed to take furloughs right right they have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um if if um the statute requires the commission to um, set compensation should be reasonable and consistent with the uh, other cities similar in size and structure um, and a zero uh, for example if we were to conclude no increase at all um, wouldn't that be inconsistent with the uh, salaries uh, paid to mayors of the cities similar in size and structure you said inconsistent yeah wouldn't that be inconsistent yes so then this just um, comes to a a judgment as to um, we've already identified and accepted uh, the ten, these ten cities mm -hmm. we know what uh, the compensation is and but I got to tell you uh, a couple of those compensations might be a little low because I just looked at the total line I wasn't as observant to see but well, um, actually it, I'm glad you said it again when you're talking about adjusting the salary so your two or five percent it would be on that base salary if you wanted to change their allowances that would be a different motion because they're separate the the 70 if you look at the mayor the 7200 he receives for transportation is on top of his current salary and the reason that they're separated is his salary is um, I'm gonna say persable you may need to jump in is subject to PERS retirement where these allowances are not part of their retirement calculations okay and the, uh, you have the on a, on a box of total compensation you've got just the salary right so what your your numbers We're are talking right about. based on my mistake yes sir. okay good all right <laughs> <laughs> okay well and the LGA so they are right yes, are not <laughs> percentage based the allowances are just a flat rate so okay those don't change unless you say change them so then I mean the issue is um, what what percentage of an increase uh, would uh, make the salary of the mayor reasonable and consistent salaries of mayors of other cities similar in size and structure yes because they work in part-time and I'm working full-time so uh, you know I've thrown out uh, just as examples uh, six different uh, examples ranging from 2% to 10% uh, uh, I have uh, noted that uh, if you selected either a 5% raise or a 4% raise and that would put uh, Sacramento six out of the ten comparable cities uh, with part-time Oakland and Long Beach salaries higher. Um, I would think under those circumstances, uh, a five percent uh, increase would be reasonable Absolutely. and consistent. Absolutely. Uh, anybody have any thoughts about whether it should be less or more? I think I think that well we could probably argue that it, it 
actually could probably be more. I think the 5% allows us to be the middle, which allows us to be meet all of those criteria, but also is fiscally minded to the reality of the fact that we're also within a frame of what's what's the culture and the availability for all of the represented positions. <coughs> and seeing as that's not as far off from the four and a half percent, it doesn't create the challenge of why is council being compensated completely differently. And while that's not in there, I think it meets the intent of both, which is the idea of leadership by example. And you know, I've been a leader where we have to, I'm not taking a raise because staff hasn't gotten a raise. So I've done that. So I think this allows us to keep this goal, but also stays within a reasonable parameter for what the perception would be of others of what council received or the mayor received. So I think the five is a and reasonable, the 5%. yeah. And the 5%. Any, any thoughts? Um, I'm probably comfortable with the 5%, um, not comfortable with anything higher than that. Um, I did have a minor question. Um, would this percentage increase take effect as of the next pay period or is this does this affect the fiscal year 2018-19 meaning there might be retroactive pay? i will let uh wendy confirm but i you can only do it going forward okay. and we can only make payroll changes at the beginning of a payroll period yes, okay so no retroactivity okay so it take it take place March, I believe March. next, this coming Saturday. Tuesday. I th it's, e it's either this Saturday or next Saturday. Okay. Our pay okay. periods start then. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, it wouldn't be a prolonged period. Okay. All right. Pretty sure it's Saturday. So, um, any other discussion? No discussion. I'd like to make a motion on that one. Do we make the motion now, or should we consider the council committee? Compensation and do the one resolution at the same time. I'm just you, asking for you may do You may do two separate ones. You can save it all as one. I'm making notes as what how you want to proceed um, At this point if you wanted to make one motion What we'll be asking for is any percentage for the mayor You'll still be discussing the members and then some sort of affirmative indication that you're accepting the changes proposed to the benefits portion uh, How about this could we at least um reach an agreement to see if we can agree on a percentage and then we could um, then ultimately approve the resolution consistent with that percentage is that yes. is that okay yeah all yes. right so is there a uh, a motion that we will uh, set the annual salary uh, adjust the an annual salary uh, five percent I'll make a motion for the mayor for, for the, the mayor, mayor. Right. all right all in favor aye Anyone opposed? Any abstention? All right, that uh, motion is uh, passed. Now let's turn to uh, the allowances for other council members. And again, I've done this same thing uh, with a chart for them, which I'm sharing. To me, since um, you do say part-time for council, members it seemed like they are full-time you know because they are called upon it's, all the time i'm going to refer or defer uh -huh. to gus but okay our council members have no designation it's silent okay they've not been deemed in one category or another is that a good way to say it okay okay that's why i understood okay 
So uh, you, looking at this again and, and deleting, uh, as we did with the mayor's salary, deleting L.A., Bakersfield, uh, Anaheim, and Santa Ana, um, we, have, we uh, list um, in terms of size um, uh, and uh, – and in terms of, I mean, I'm sorry, in terms of the uh, compensation uh, for other council members, Seattle at the top at 129,685, if, if I can remember, if that's right. Uh, can you just check that for me, please? I've got so much paperwork up here, I'm trying to, trying to find that. Um, Well, I have a question, I guess, on this, if we can. So historically, even though the discussion's been silent on if they're part-time or full-time, I think the questions, for me, is completely different, the compensation versus the just percentage. For me, it's more of a question, because I'm looking even at what you have, on are they benchmarked right? Because I think the council, personally, is low. When you look at the relationship from the council to the mayor, I think it's a different issue than how even the council is to just the comparable cities. I think they're too... There are two issues we have to look at, but they're different. And so if you kind of look at what we just did with the mayor, he's between Portland and San Jose. Right. So I think it gets us out of the what's the percentage into almost more of a question of what is the salary range. And it may be a really crazy percentage, but how do we adjust the salaries to be, if the mayor is 100%, what percent of the mayor's duties, obligations, time is reasonable to say the council should be? Is it 90% of it? Is it 80% of it? But to me, it's the question is, is there really the 52% delta between the mayor and the council based on workload, based on what I saw from, you know, the appointment schedule? You have council members with 13 appointments, and if you look at some of them, things like SACOG, that's not including the fact they then are on committees at SACOG mm -hmm. and other that's, appointments. And sit on boards. It's a full-time, mm -hmm. and a lot of these are daytime meetings. So I think, to me, the question is, what is the delta in duties between the mayor and the council? And then we should then it, think it gets complicated based on what is that delta in pay? Because I'm not so sure that the council member salaries represented in the other cities fully reflect those difference between a mayor and the council here. So I think that's the challenge for me on the council one. And you see that in the comparison between Portland and San Jose, it's the difference between 110 and 99, and we're talking about 68. So to me, it's not even, is it a 5% increase? It's a, how do, council seems to be very far off probably from anything when we just talked about a mayor at 136. And uh, if you look at these numbers, uh, at this point, Sacramento is nine out of ten comparable cities, including part-time Oakland and Fresno, being higher as ter in terms of the amount of compensation paid to the uh, city council members, other than the mayor. And if it if it helps the committee, if you if you're kind of in the math lock, you don't you can tell me a salary number, or you can go back a percentage. into the okay, got it. I was hoping you'd say that. So um, I, I have a, a, a question for uh, any member of the staff. Um, and they're similar to questions that I asked about the mayor. Um, to your knowledge, are the other council members working the equivalent of a full-time job as members of the council?
means full time for the city. Correct. I mean, I I truly have no idea. Um, I see them often. Is about all I can say. Okay. I'm too new to the city of Sacramento to even have an opinion on that. Okay. Where <laughs> if I can give some. Uh, Relationships, since I have an agency that interacts with the city a lot, I can tell you um, it's not uncommon if you need to schedule a meeting with them that you're doing it very early or very late or at really weird hours of the day because they're days. it's very hard to schedule a meeting because they're in so many meetings. So I think that gives some perspective. When you take out all the the different committees they're on and boards and commissions that's and then all the people they're trying to meet with to prepare, it's hard to schedule time, and that's not because they're off doing other things. It's because they're running. If you're here for a meeting, they're running from meeting to meeting right. to meeting. Because that's, that's why I was thinking, how could they uh, do that when they own so many boards and their chairs and they'll have to deal with the city of Sacramento? Let me ask another question then. Um, do any of you know whether the other council members, any of the other council members have outside employment? I, I know that uh, at least some do. Um, I, I know that at least one works for the state, I believe. Outside of that, I know that some own businesses or at least have stake in businesses, but I, I you know, don't know if they receive compensation. And then that brings back um, the question of should outside employment be a factor uh, to consider in setting compensation or the test set by Section 29 that the compensation has to be reasonable and consistent with salaries paid by other sister cities. My recollection is uh, your human resources, you say that that would be inconsistent and consider that and give a lower amount simply because they're employed elsewhere, is, assuming that they're working the equivalent of a full-time. Correct. We would never look at that as a part of compensation for any classification for me i think this might be some chicken and egg situation too because i think there's probably a question of based on the salary are they seeking external employment because of the income and if the income were higher would you see people or they i think it's a balance of math that we don't get to solve up here which is the question of if you have a lower salary will people find it if it if it was a higher compensation would they be taking extra work i don't know that we can solve that but i think it becomes a chicken and egg question for the type of candidates who apply for council based on their ability to only have the salary versus having to supplement and do they have a position where they're able to balance that or not I think we can't do it but I think it does long-term affect how we compensate council members and the willingness for people to be able to take on council and the duties of it and be able to balance what the salary is versus the workload and I always wonder if there are people who look at the salary and go I can't balance on that for the workload I would need more and I can't balance the job and this. So they, so I think that factors into compensation though on how people approve, approach even applying or running for office. But did you say it was just one person? One person that I know of that works for the state. Um, I, I believe they all have some type of business that, you know, they're community I mean, leaders. they have business, but they not work for no government agency right other than the one that i know of but you know i've never asked individually what they do so 
Well, the issue is at this point the compensation is uh, 68,429, which is ninth out of the 10 comparable cities. So the question is, and the differential apparently has always been uh, 0.525%, that the council members get 0.525% less than the mayor. Now, Tiffany, you raise an interesting question. Is that a valid, is that a valid differential? Well, and I have a question, too, and I don't know if you know the answer, Wendy, but my understanding was the mayor wasn't always different, that that actually changed years ago where the mayor, with Measure S, where it was dic or set that the mayor was full-time, was a change, because prior to that... Prior to the passage, <clears throat> excuse me, prior to the passage of Measure S, and I would be digging really deep, there was a... The, Everything was handled by stipend, so that included our city council meetings. So we had city council meetings, and Gus, do you fifty dollars? What? It wasn't overwhelmingly substantial. And then referring to the what we internally call the JPA list, which is the, all the other boards and commissions they sit on. Each of many, I'm not going to say all, but many of those also have their own stipend. And prior to Measure S, the member received their stipend for the city council meetings and they received, maybe received stipends from those um, boards. When Measure S passed, the salaries were established, and those, and I think that uh, Monica mentioned this happens in some cities, that those stipends now go into a general fund that supports the overall operations of mayor and council. So they're not receiving, and I, I don't know this to be the number, but say for every SACOG meeting you get $50, that now goes into our general operation budget for the mayor and council. And I think I misspoke. It would be 52.5% less. Um, I, I, I messed up on my where I put the digit, and I was just rotely reading that. But um, so I guess my, my, my concern, if we were to give a 5% increase uh, or set a 5% increase for council members, that would uh, maintain this existing differential. Um, we could try to explore whether that differential is too much. Um, personally, I don't know if I have enough information really today to be able to make a decision that that is the wrong differential. So I'd be um, probably disinclined to, I, I think it would, that would take a lot of work and a lot more information that I, that, that I personally don't have. Um, is uh, are people comfortable, or the members of this commission comfortable with uh, granting the same five percent raise as uh, did for the mayor? I am. Yeah. I so I think for me it's two issues. So I think there's a question of what we do tonight, but then I'd like to also talk about. I think it's going to perpetuate, and so. We only meet, we have to meet once a year. Can we meet bef more than that? We could have a special meeting. So I would be interested in doing the 5%, but then having a special meeting where we specifically look at council and we can okay. bring back, um, and if we want, even have questions based on, specifically on the workload um, of what is what is the meetings look like, hours, how many hours are you spending, comparable. Um, anecdotally, I think it's, I wouldn't think it's 52% off just based on the amount I have to interact with council and the mayor, but I want, I would support the definition, but I think it's a good time, even for the public to have the question. It's kind of timely with the homelessness 
question because each council member is now out there actively soliciting and looking for locations and they're taking lead, which is a change. So I think it'd be interesting to see how is that workload shifting where they're taking that on themselves and these issues and what is that meaning? But I would, I'll, I'm willing to move forward today, but I would like the caveat that this issue, I think, otherwise we're just gonna kick it down the road and come back next year and then we'll be talking about the adjustment for next year's budget and this issue won't get resolved. And I think it's something um, that now that we have the salary survey and we know that's their ninth out of 10, I mean, we have a mayor who's five out, who's between five and six out of 10. I guess the bigger structural question is why are the council members, regardless of the percentage, I think part of the question and it goes to this though is, is it a percentage of what they are to the mayor or is it a question of where they align? And so I guess that is the one question before we do the 5% question is there's the question of mayor to council member, which is 52. But what is there about the fact that the council members are at nine out of 10 and the mayor is at five out of 10? And a 5% raise would raise them only to eight out of 10. Right. Should we be looking at where they are benchmarking them to like the middle and then having the discussion on, is that enough? Should they be higher or higher. lower from then? Or are we going to just leave it at the five? Because I think the challenge is we're sending the message that our council members are at the bottom of the comparable list, mm -hmm. which I do feel confident that anecdotally we are doing more work in Sacramento than ninth out of 10th place. But my thing is if we have a special meeting, mm -hmm. I think we should have a soon instead of later. Um, the, the one thing I will add is some of the questions that you may be contemplating may be covered in the data draft that Monica provided because the questions that were asked when she was developing the comparable cities were asked of our members, and you'll see them in the first um, column there as you go through the questions. I guess the question is, do we want to do the five and then do the whole thing, or do we want to talk about moving them farther up the scale and then talking about the delta between the mayor and even that further? Because the five still leaves us at eight. Are we comfortable, I guess, with eight, or should we strive for six or seven? Right. And then come back and talk about moving them to three, four, five. I have no problem with that as long as we don't wait like three to four months to do that. I think we should have it soon. I guess the question would be we have to annually set the um, compensation. So if we did uh, had asked the uh, staff to provide us with additional information to uh, determine the appropriateness of this uh, differential in, uh, in the context of salaries of other similar uh, cities, similar in size and uh, structure. Um, if we were to conclude based on additional information that a higher uh, increase higher than five percent that could not take place I take it until our until um, you could you could absolutely vote tonight to say you're gonna put them at this range this you know dollar amount you could say five percent um, I don't believe Gus there's anything that would preclude a secondary increase in this year Correct. So, are you saying Wendy that we could do a five percent tentative and then come back on the special meeting if we want to hire, I'm not, not saying tentative. tentative. No, ma'am. You could make you your the, the options are pretty much unlimited to you. And I'm going to have Gus tell, stop me when I say something wrong. Um, you could give nothing. You could give 20%. You could set a dollar amount, um, and then that would we would go just as with the mayor on the next pay period. 
and you could do one without the other. Oh, so we can give dollar amount also. So if I can't, if you guys can um, humor me, I looked at, if you look at what we just did with the mayor where we essentially benchmarked him between Portland and San Jose, mm -hmm. if you look at something similar which keeps them in the same range at 100, it would still be a 27% delta off the mayor, which is wow. still a large, yeah. I mean, it still opens the discussion on is it really, but it's more than 25% between a council member and a mayor, and that would still leave them four city, three cities behind. If you went down between the 92 and the 99 between Oakland and San Jose, let's say at 95, it would grow the gap, but it would still be way more than the 5% now, and you'd still be the delta would still be large, which I think is still a secondary issue. Um, I think because it's such a big delta, it kind of splits it in half. It makes it more of a 25, 30% delta between council and the board. I just don't know that, but it, I'm more looking at where they are on, is it reasonable compared to the benchmark cities? And I'm, now that I'm looking at it, I have a hard time thinking that with the 5% saying number nine, when we moved to the, mayor up to make sure he's middle of the pack leaving the mm -hmm. council it would be number eight, be number or number eight. eight. Yeah. but leaving the council members at eight why we're not putting them saying okay we're going to strive for reasonableness middle of the roads pretty much the mean so there's still some higher and lower um it's still a really big gap so if you did that and you looked they'd be in the 95 range um you'd still be looking at a forty thousand dollar delta between the mayor and the council members I, 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 just speaking personally for myself, I wouldn't, it, based on the information we have now, I would not feel comfortable giving more than a 5% raise, but um, I think the, we, we could direct staff, schedule another meeting and direct staff to provide us with more information about the responsibilities of council members of, other than the mayor. And... Um, how those responsibilities compare to the responsibilities of other council members in comparable states and let us revisit, have the 5% increase now and then revisit that after we get additional information. That's what I would feel most comfortable with personally. That's just me, that's just one person. So How, how do the others feel? About I, I would be comfortable with that as long as we don't wait a long time <laughs> to do, you know, the percentage. I'll be comfortable with that. They have a special meeting on that. David? I would be comfortable with um, proving a 5% increase today and then possibly considering a, a second increase this year at a second meeting. Uh, with That'd be good. I think that's good, and I would, I, I mimic the idea of having it this fiscal year because then when it allows us to benchmarks when we come back yes. historically in August or September, talk about next year, mm -hmm. it's not, then we can adjust it then. Yes. Well, I will throw two things out. Um, one, that there is not a job description for the mayor and council. Like when you go to our website and you can see Shelley's job description or mine. So um, we had hoped that the study that was provided would answer those sorts of questions for you. So for the staff to proceed, we will need really specific direction on 
what we're looking at. The, the questions that are provided in the study are from Monica speaking directly to the council members. So exactly what you're going to ask HR to examine, investigate. Um, they, don't, uh, they don't have time clocks and they are accountable to the electeds versus any one of us. So I, I couldn't tell you um, what members come in at what time or to Gus's point having meetings late at night We don't have an internal mechanism now to manage to um, track that so really clear direction from this committee What questions and how we would go about finding that information? Um, that's the first part the second part is as we've seen trying to get this committee together chambers is, is really packed So I have the next few dates that are available um, and unfortunately the dates go fast. So if we are going to move forward It would be great if I could give you those dates that are available and see if we could uh, select a meeting date um, tonight For me um, It would be helpful to have a greater understanding of um, The day in the life of a city council member and uh, how frequently uh, a council member uh, attends council meetings, attends committee meetings, um, has office hours, uh, meets with constituents uh, in the office or out of the office. Um, is it the equivalent of a, a 40 hours or more work? And uh, for those that um, have outside employment, um, how are they able to perform those duties and also their, their other duties with other employment? Um, that is what would be, would be helpful to me. I, I know I looked at the, um, the study. Um, I couldn't quite glean from that study how the, the day in the life of a Sacramento County, excuse me, city of Sacramento city council member compares to a day in the life of city council members in the other comparable cities. Maybe I just missed it, but I, if someone could synthesize that information for, for us, that would be much more helpful. I can tell you in 2017, when this item last came, we had done a very you know, high-level survey that we put out to the members. Um, obviously, their participation is voluntary. I, I don't have a way to compel them. Um, but I could ask questions like that. Do you have outside employment? How many hours a week do you devote to this, um, your duties as a council member? Um, and they there was responses for that last in that year. I couldn't tell you I believe more than most of, um, um, Responded but I don't remember the exact number off the top and so would that kind of um, a survey mechanism would that satisfy the the Information you need I think it would for me as, as far as participation um, It seems to me if I remember the city Council, I would want to provide that information right. because if we don't have that information. Uh, won't we uh, won't increase the salary. So I think there's a, or we might not. So that. Uh, uh, how about the others feel with a, with a, again a survey like that? 
I think an important part of the question, if we're going to ask them about employment, is asking them if the salary was con was commensurate with full-time pay for, for equivalent positions, would you be inclined to continue outside employment? Because I think that we're, it's kind of a hard question to ask because we're asking them, do you work full-time? How do you balance it? But then we're ignoring the fact that they're paid $68,000 and when you compare that to equivalent professional salaries in Sacramento, it's low. So it's the question of are you working because there's not enough to do or are you working because you have to work because the salary is low and so at the end of the day, you, there's a certain number of amount of money you need to cover daycare or, or other expenses, mortgage, you name it. I, but I think if we're going to go there about the outside employment, we have to talk about the relation because most people don't take two jobs just because they love to work. Most people do it because it's a necessity, and I think then that becomes a question. If we're going to judge them by it, we have to understand um, the willingness to do it. I do think there is some disconnect to the fact that we're not putting that requirement on the mayor. And, are we, and the fact he's deemed full-time. And so if we're going to be silent on it to the mayor, I don't know how we go there with the council. Because I think that's where the voters go, are you doing your job? And if we don't think you're doing your job, then the voters have the say in electing council. So I think that's where it gets a little bit sticky, is if we're not going to go there with one, I mean, ultimately they're judged by their electorate on if they're meeting all their needs. It's not a traditional eight to five job, so can, they can deliver 40 hours and still manage to work in the middle of the day, and they're still working, you know, 60 hours a week for the council. How do we determine that? I guess that's the sticky wicket I have. If you think about the world of exempt employees, it, it's not eight to five, and I would see the council members, if you look full-time, kind of as exempt. Their day might start at six one day. It might go to midnight the next day, so how you define that, I think, could be problematic and how we ask it in a survey. That would be my one hesitation. I, and I think that's a good question to include in this survey. Uh, it, it's really something I think the public would want to know um, in terms of compensation. Again, I keep going back to the statute and um, whether someone is employed in another position, uh, if they're, as long as they're uh, putting in the work equivalent to a full-time position as a city council member, then it, uh, the statute doesn't permit uh, uh, reducing compensation simply because the person is working elsewhere and has the capability to do the, the two jobs. But nonetheless, I think it's, um, it is um, information worthy of, in, of inquiring and allowing us to consider that in determining whether there should be an additional increase over the 5%. In 2017, I have the survey. We um, only polled the commission, uh, excuse me, the council members, not the mayor. Um, seven of the eight responded. We asked them four questions. Um, the first question was indicate how many hours you typically spend fulfilling your duties. Indicate the average numbers of days of week in a typical week you spend fulfilling your duties. Then we asked them to identify the top duties and their percentages. And then we kind of had a general free form answer question that said, please share any additional information. Of the, the seven that responded, all of them indicated they work 40 hours or more, six days or more a week. It, the answers varied in the um, identify the duties. For example, this, this respondent said um, they spend about 40% 40 40 of their time excuse me, on the council meeting preps and briefings itself um, and went on to say that to discuss the GPAs, which this commission has talked about, um, and said that you know with the, the packets between five and 3,000 pages, their exact quote is, it's like reading War and Peace every week. 
Um, we have other members that talked about 25% is with their regional boards, 30% with constituents and stakeholders. So that, that, those were the four questions we asked last time. I think that um, those questions ask, answer some of your, question, your answers, and then we can add the do you have supplemental employment or any other questions you would like asked um, in a new survey. Would it be um, permissible for us to think about any additional questions and then just simply individually submit them to you? Is that permissible? I think so. And we would set a, a time for that. I did, you don't get them to me by de deadline. Okay. If, if we're going to go down, this would be helpful for me because I'm just trying to do it right now as we go. You guys can take the salary survey information we got mm -hmm. and do a comparable of mayor to council because it kind of gets back to this idea on pay. <laughs> There's the question of the 5%, but just so you guys know, I'm sitting here looking, and so if you look at where the mayor's positioned, and then you look at where council's positioned. I then also looked at what the delta is in each of those cities between mayor and council. And none of, so if you look between Seattle, what they pay the mayor and council, it's a $15,000 change. San Francisco's the one anomaly. Portland, it's a $33,000 difference. San Jose, it's a $34,000 difference. The only ones where you see anything close to 50% are Portland or Oakland and, um, Long Beach or Fresno where they truly are considered part-time councils so I guess it gets back to this question of if we're, there's the salary survey or the survey we do of the council but then there's the question of why the mayor is in the middle of the pack and the council's at the end so it looks like the salaries for the mayor and the salaries for the council member already take into account the balance between mayor and council duties so to me part of the question becomes the question of where we're positioning them back to the measure S, which is reasonableness. And if the idea is supposed to be comparable, to me it goes back to the question of are we kind of getting away from the idea of the salary survey kind of held them all equal, whether it's part-time, full-time, that relationship, the bigger question is why are we benchmarking them different in the comparable cities? I could uh, comment. Um, one thing we could provide you with and maybe helpful also to illuminate the, the issue is Oakland, for example, has a strong mayor form of government. So the mayor controls, is pretty much the, the chief executive officer of the city. Uh, whereas here in Sacramento, um, the mayor is not a strong mayor. He has one vote, and each council member has the same equivalent vote. All right. So they're more similar in terms of the structure than you would have, for example, in Oakland. Um, so that just gives you one example, and I, as I look through these other cities, they typically are, are the big numbers for the mayors are the ones that are strong mayor form of governments. We could come back with you and, and give you some more analysis on the legal pieces of it that might illuminate that. That would be very helpful. The other thing that I think there's value um, in doing the figure that we talked about now and then setting another meeting is it would allow the public, you know, nobody's here, nobody's asked to come, but it would uh, allow the public if they want to weigh in on this, and I think that would be important. So do we have a uh, motion uh, to um, uh, increase uh, the council member's uh, salary by 5%? and uh, direct the uh, staff to uh, do another survey uh, and include the questions that we have discussed 
today and obtain uh, the perspectives and information um, that the city attorney's office just uh, uh, suggested. One thing I want to say is that are we legally um, bound to ask a question if they work in another job? Because I don't think that was ever... In my mind, I think it should be about the job at hand and right. the ability to handle the job at hand. And right. I think it gets personally really slippery if we talk about the outside because it's not our decision if someone doesn't sleep and that's how they manage to like run their outside business. I mm -hmm. think it's more a question for me of how do they run the business here. And it, if we're going to do the survey, I want to see questions like, do you have full-time staff? What is your, do your staff hold regular hours? Because they all have a full-time professional staff with at least two, if I'm not mistaken, full-time and close to full-time employees who are here. It's, so, it's up to their discretion. Right. So they have their, uh, they have a general amount that they receive each year, and then they could choose to have three staff or to whatever that budget will bear. But I think those are the questions because it, I think it'd be nice to definitively look at those questions because generally if you have fairly full-time staff, managing full-time staff is a full-time job whether you're in the office or not because it's leave and all those things. So I think I'd rather see our questions go that way. What is your I, structure? If you're not here, do you thinking. have staff here? How are you communicating with them? How do you balance the workload? Those type of questions I think are more important. What are your responsibilities for community events? Yeah. You organize a lot of events here that I a lot of cities have, don't I, do. To me, I, I, don't, I just... I don't think that's a criteria for being a counselor, you know, working outside. Council, do you have any perspective on the uh, legality of um, asking that question? There's no prohibition to ask the question. You can inquire as body. Um, this, this issue came up also in 2003 when uh, the commission was asking how much money the members were receiving from boards that they sat on, SACOG and other boards that they were sitting RT. Um, so they asked the question, and the question, the response came back, this is how much we get. Um, the, the commission took that into consideration, and um, we opined at that time, the city attorney's office opined, that while you can consider that, um, you shouldn't look at it exclusively. In other words, you shouldn't count it. Um, but you could send what was what, what the Compensation Commission did is sent a resolution to the council and at that time said, hey, we are considering this. If you take that off the table, in other words, if you stop receiving that money, we will adjust your compensation to, to consider it. And the council did that through a resolution, said, okay, we're going to stop receiving this outside money. And the Compensation Commission then adjusted the amounts higher knowing that they were no longer going to be receiving that. So it's a give and take, mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with asking questions uh, legally. But at the end of the day, it's like Judge Scotland said, it's all about reasonableness and comparables and, and, and coming up with that number, just looking at that, uh, but looking at the totality of the universe. So what is the sense of the members of this commission uh, as to whether the survey should include the uh, question about um, other employment. I'd be more inclined to ask them to give us, and this might be a question, I don't know, Wendy, if you think they'd offer it. Most of them have someone keeping a calendar. It'd be interesting to see on an average month, so not a summer recess month, but an average month with average number of council and board meetings, so everyone kind of in session, what does a calendar look like? Because most, could they give us a month and show us what it looks like? What's been scheduled? We're, 
it would show us these are all the meetings I had that were scheduled. Here are the additional constituent meetings. Here are all the other boards, commissions, dinners, things I did representing the city. What did the month of February look like? Tiffany, um, I, uh, the, the question really that I, I asked was yeah. uh, just limited to the issue of other employment. Do you think, uh, I, I want a sense of other commission members, uh, do you think it should ask about other employment? We didn't ask the mayor. I don't think we should ask council. Um, how about you? I don't think we should do ask other questions about employment. David? Um, I am okay with leaving out the question. I liked her previous question about whether or not if they were paid a higher salary yeah. as a city council person, would they be able to reduce the number of hours they spend on outside employment? I personally would favor asking the question, but I will go along with the uh, the majority of the, the three on this uh, commission here that uh, not to ask that specific question, but to phrase the question uh, in light of uh, Tiffany's uh, comment. Would anybody else be interested in the idea of seeing like a calendar so we have kind of an idea of what it looks like? Because I think then it's, it's the question of is it eight to five, but what does a day look like and how much is it weekends versus weekdays total yeah. effort? Um, all right, so uh, then back to the uh, uh, issue. Uh, do we have a, uh, we'll kind of do this maybe twofold. Uh, we'll see if we agree on a, on a um, on a percentage and then a process forward, and then we will uh, consider and uh, decide whether to approve the resolution consistent with that information. Okay. So do we have a, um, a motion to increase the uh, salary for city council members by 5% uh, and uh, to direct the staff to uh, uh, prepare a survey and obtain input from uh, council members to the questions uh, in that survey that are consistent with the uh, questions that have been uh, considered and posed by the uh, members of this commission except for any question about uh, other employment but a question that uh, consistent with Tiffany's yes. comment. I'll make yes. that motion. All right, it's been moved to second. Second. All right, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposition? Any abstention? No? All right, so um, that brings us then to the action item that we have to take on uh, the last um, item, uh, and that is uh, will, uh, do we, um, the action item is, to approve the, um, I've lost all my paperwork here. So you, you've taken a motion on both salaries, so the next motion we would be looking for is to accept the other changes to the benefits portion of the resolution. Mm -hmm. Willing to make that motion. Second. Second. All right, uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposition or abstention? Hearing none, uh, that is uh, passed. And uh, then the next step is for uh, you to essentially we are approving the proposed uh, resolution mm -hmm. with the 
figures, and you can make sure my math is accurate. Yes, sir. And include those in. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. So uh, um, let's just, to be absolutely clear, let's then um, have a motion to uh, approve the uh, resolution as um, including the everything that we've just spoken about, the 5% increases and the uh, other uh, benefits. Is that, is that a... You don't have to do that. I don't have to. We don't have to no, do that. No, you've approved each individual okay. motion, each individual item. All right, fair enough then. Um, so you will, um, we will direct you to uh, prepare the uh, resolution accordingly. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, we, I have the date so the chamber is available. Um, what I heard from the other members is to bring this back as quickly as possible. Um, so I have dates for the month of March and the beginning of April. If we need to go beyond that, we'll tap into Nell's expertise. Um, but in the month of March, it is March 6, March 12, March 13, and March 19. Celebrating my 40th wedding anniversary. And those dates fall in line with um, some activities that we're going to be doing. And if we move into April, um, when we can go deeper, if we need to, that's your warning, Nell, to get the calendar. Um, <laughs> April 3 and April 10. April 3 and 10. Yes, ma'am. What day of the week is April 3? I believe they're both Tuesdays, but I will double check. Wednesdays. April 10th works for me. I should be okay with April 10th also. At this point. What about my calendar? <laughs> the April 10th, Wednesday? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Now, is there a time? Do we need to start later on April 10th? So what time do, would the committee like to meet? Sometimes we have a meeting right before, so we, we move it down, but the chamber is clear, so it's our preferred time. Six o'clock would be okay with me. Yeah, it's fine with me. I'm retired, so it don't make no difference. I just wrote 6 a.m., but I will change that note. 6 p.m.? Yes, ma'am. 6 p.m. on April 10th. I do 10. not really care to come to 6 a.m. because I think <laughs> it still be dark and I'm, do, I'm doing my exercise around that time. Well, we'll be in so. daylight savings then. Um, so I'm going to, well, Shelly and I guess we'll work together on questions, survey, we'll do that. Um, what, seeing as how the meeting is so far out, what would be a reasonable date for you to have any individual questions you'd like to send me? What deadline would we like to set on that? Um, 10 days. Okay. Yeah. Plenty of time. <laughs> Friday the 22nd. Okay. Yeah. Well, my birthday. That, that'd be a good time. Oh. Okay. For questions. And then we will put out a survey. I'm um, just for the members' clarification. We did use Survey Monkey last time, and the responses um, came back anonymously. So that I think helped yeah, members fine. participate. Um, and I will come up with a way for them to offer a calendar. Um, my guess is that they'll probably give us a, a representation yes. so they don't have to divulge anything. That's... So even if it's something right. I could say, like meeting with constituent, meeting on item. Yes, ma'am. I don't need to know. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, next is uh, any request for public comments not on the agenda. We do not have any, sir. Not had any? Okay. So I think we've already covered committee comments, ideas, questions, or meeting conference reports. Anything else to add? No, sir. We have a motion to adjourn. Make the motion to adjourn. Second. 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 All in favor? Aye. Aye. Aye.
Great. Thank you very much. Opposed, no one opposed? No abstentions? The no. meeting is adjourned. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> no, no. There was a lot of good business, though. <laughs>